0: Welcome to the Teach Us podcast, a place for Australian teachers to tell their stories and hear from passionate educational program facilitators across Australia. Happy listening. Good morning and thanks for joining us. I'm Julie and I'm joined by
1: Heidi. Hi. Heidi, do you want to talk to us about the teacher we're going to be meeting today? I would love to. We are going to be talking with Georgia today, a teacher from the Perth Hills, Georgia takes her Year 6 students on the most epic excursion to the East Coast, which I'm sure we will talk about about today, but we're also really looking forward to hearing Georgia's story as a teacher. So, let's get her on the phone. Hello. Hello, is that Georgia? Yes, it is. How are you? I'm really well. This is Heidi, and hi, Georgia, I'm Julie. Nice to meet you or nice to talk to you. Yeah, nice to talk to you too. We were just saying how um, funny it is that we talk with Catherine all the time from your school and Mm. somewhere in our heads we had imagined that she was going on these excursions, these epic excursions that um, (laughs) you guys put together and then we found out, no, no, she doesn't go. She's just the brains behind it in the office. She's definitely a hard worker. Yeah, she does well. So you're in Western Australia in the Perth Hills there and Mm -hmm. um, you bring your students over to the East Coast. So obviously they're flying over. What are the excitement levels like at the airport?
2: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's crazy. But it's (laughs) such a gradual... Build because pretty much from the beginning of the school year, I can't even mention the Eastern States trip because it's like a can of worms and the kids want to know, you know, in term one, who they're going to be next to on the plane, what we'll be eating for dinner. like <laughs>
0: it's just
2: so much. So I just try really hard not to mention it up until a couple of weeks before we go and then just do the big lengthy question sessions. But definitely the airport. They're, like I think they get a bit nervous at the airport too, though, yeah, kind of hits them a little bit and often mum and dad are a little bit stressed as well. So I think yes. the airport's when it really sinks in a little bit. Um, but yes, yes the, the excitement is insane for them, definitely.
1: We might talk in detail a bit more about that later and, and share with our listeners um, just all of the you know places that you do go to on that Mm -hmm. excursion but um, Mm -hmm. this is actually really julie's and my first time meeting you meeting meeting you by phone because Mm -hmm. as you said Catherine does such an amazing job of the Mm. organizing so um we'd love to get to know you and and a little bit of your background um whether you've always been a teacher or you've had another career and transitioned into teaching, um, all those sorts of things. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, um, I've always always been a teacher. Um, I loved primary school and I loved school in general and I think from pretty early on I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I sort of didn't have a plan B other than teaching. I remember being in high school and they... We had to do, I think it was one of those tests where you sort of figure out what career path you'd like to take and then at the end of it you had to list down um, three possible career choices Um, and I only had one primary school teacher and I remember them saying to me, you really need to think outside the box and think if that doesn't work out or you don't get, get to uni or whatever it was and I think I ended up putting down primary school teaching, early childhood teaching and high school teaching because that was about as far as I could open it up. Um, So, yeah, and I always, always wanted to do it. And then I actually, when I left school, I finished high school in 2010 and then I um, actually wanted to take a gap year um, for a year. Um, But then once I got into uni and I kind of got the offer, I got all all excited and just went straight to uni. Um, And I went to ECU in Mount Lawley, and I yeah did my I did a back then it was um K no it wasn't K it was one to one to year seven so when year seven was still in primary school mm-hmm. um and yeah and just did that and had some great uh prac experience at uni and then when I graduated I graduated in 2014 and then I did about six months of relief teaching just to sort of the local schools mm-hmm. around me, and was just sort of franticly applying for jobs because it seemed to be in waves. When I was at uni, that there was um, sometimes it said like there's a surplus of teachers, and you know can't get jobs. Then it would change to oh, there's not enough, and it just seemed to be you know you couldn't couldn't time it well when you were going to graduate. So yeah, when I graduated, I did really teaching for six months, and then I yeah got. Actually, two job offers in the same week, and one was for a maternity leave contract, um, and one was for a one year full time contract. So I went for the one year, which is the school I'm still at now. So I've been oh, at my yeah. school since yeah, 2015. So nearly five years now. So yeah, very very happy there. It's a really sweet little school in um, yeah the hills. So probably around an hour from the city, and yeah, I love it. It's small. Um, We've got probably around, oh, I don't know, at the moment, maybe around 240 kids in the primary school, so it's wow. only little. But, um, yeah, it's a really great staff to work with and, yeah, obviously very happy there because I've been there a long time, um, yeah. a lot long, longer than I thought, I guess. You know, I sort of thought I would go somewhere for a couple of years and then and see what else, but, no, I love it. And, yeah, and I've always taught... Um, upper primary, so this year I have a 5-6 split class, um, but for the last four years I had a straight year 6 class. So I've always taught in the upper years, which wasn't really my plan, I sort of loved the little ones, but um, the older kids are fun because they're, yeah, they, you can have a joke with them and, you know, yes. they can wipe their nose and take care of them <laughs> themselves. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, I love it and,
1: yeah, that's that's been that's been pretty much it for me. And so Georgia, how has um, how has the current situation actually impacted um, on what you do day to day teaching?
2: Yeah, so it's been it's been really interesting. Um, but our, we've been quite uh, lucky at our school. Our change sort of seemed to be quite gradual. Um, I think being in WA as well with where our holidays lined up, so we only went on holidays last Thursday before Good Friday. Right. Um, so that was good because I felt like we had quite a bit of time to transition to online learning. So um, we've yeah been taught we taught online probably for the last three weeks of school, um, and we just ended up with kind of a really small handful. I think about ten kids across the whole primary school who were still attending school whose parents were essential essential workers. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's been really interesting, and I think it's also. Uh, lucky again that I'm in the older years because at our school in year five and six they have a bring your own device so the kids all have their own laptop um, already and they're quite familiar with using them in the classroom and things like that so for them yeah so we're using um, a google site for each of our uh, year levels and we sort of put uh, our work on there for the kids and we've been doing videos and we've also been using the seesaw uh, platform as well, which is like an online learning portfolio um, for the kids to put their work on. So that's what we're doing across the primary school, and it looks a little bit different in every year group, but certainly the older years is easier. I feel for mm-hmm. my friends who teach in early childhood because they're sort of trying to send games home and all that kind of stuff, and those really foundation years of school is really difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was been, yeah, it's been interesting, but I've kind of enjoyed it because. It's just been something that's totally different and got some. I work with some really supportive um, parents this year in my class and the kids are all great. So I'm really missing them because it does feel really weird and mm. I was really excited about this year because the class is, yeah, a beautiful class. Um, but yeah, it's just, just something different and if nothing else I feel like as a school we're going to sort of come out on the other side with a lot of uh, extra ups that people probably wouldn't have taken on, you know, not yeah. given the push to do so. So there's definitely things that we've done as a result of this that we'll probably continue doing. Um, and, yeah, so it's been been really interesting and it's yeah, difficult to know what next term will look like for us. Um, but, it's, mm. yeah, sort of looking at you guys in the eastern states, I guess, in lots of ways that the school's there because them returning to school before us will be a bit of a telling sign of how, how it might go. Um,
1: yeah. But yeah, yeah. It is. Um, I agree with what you were saying about um, coming out the other side of this. We are going to have learnt things, upskilled in ways that we never would have done if we weren't forced into the situation. Um, and so mm. that will be one of the benefits that we do take out of this, even though it's really, really hard while we're in it. Um, mm. Yeah, it it is going to have benefits going forward that, um, that are great for the students and for the teachers.
0: Georgia? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Georgia, I was just talking to my daughter who's in Year 11 um, at the moment, so they obviously learn quite differently to primary school age students mm-hmm. and... She's touching base with her teachers in various ways. Each teacher has their own um, way of connecting with um, their classes. But how do you as a teacher connect with your students? Um, I I know teenagers and the older teenagers tend Mm -hmm. to have access to social media and things, but younger students Mm -hmm. don't always have that um, due to legal age requirements to Mm -hmm. sign up to things. And so how do you navigate Mm -hmm. through that? Um,
2: so probably the main way is through email, just because all of our students with their bringing the devices to school get set up with like a Google account and with a, with a school email address. Um, so sort of when it started to unfold and it looked like the students would be learning from home, we practice emailing a lot at school and things like that. Mm-hmm. And because the email addresses all follow the same pattern, like their first names, last name and our school address um it's quite easy for them to email each other as well as me and, and other teachers if they want to so email is probably the main way some of their email editor is not amazing <laughs> just email me with no punctuation no capital letters it's <laughs> just like a demand like I can't do this or you know something like that so <laughs> I'll probably have to work on that a little bit but yeah that's the main way and then the other way I sort of connect with them is just doing and um, been doing videos as well. Um mm-hmm. so we did a Zoom a Zoom chat with all of them. Um, tried to get them all to log on. Probably about three quarters of the class got on and we and that was pretty fun. Um and then more learning wise, we've just been doing like pre recorded videos um and there's a of a new video each morning for them to watch which can talk through like how they might want to schedule their day learning from home. Um and Yeah, other than that, Seesaw is great as well. Seesaw, uh, the online learning journal, is mainly just for them to post uh, their work and I can just give them like some written feedback or they can film themselves doing something or take photos of themselves doing things. And yeah, that's another way as well. I think the more, I feel like the communication between myself and the kids is quite good. Um, The only kind of thing that I'm thinking about especially with his next term, it's just how the kids collaborate and can work with each other as well. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that they'll be missing. Uh, mm. So, yeah, having a bit of a play around with that over the holidays as to how that can be monitored. <laughs> but yes. then also yeah, give them an opportunity to, to work together a little bit because I know they're missing their buddy.
1: Yeah, that's right. So there's... Um, there's some great ideas there and we might pop some of those um, details on this podcast when we when we pop it up there for other teachers. I'm sure they do know a lot of this. It's um, Julie and I are learning things for the first time <laughs> but I'm sure most teachers already know about Seesaw and those kinds of things but we'll put it there anyway. But that's a really important point that you raise about um, not just you communicating with the teachers but then how do you facilitate them being able to collaborate with each other. And I was thinking while you were saying that, you know, there is the issue of loneliness and and isolation for children. Mm -hmm. As adults, we can learn to deal with that. But, yeah, have you seen any impacts of that so far or you think it's a bit too early and that might happen a bit more next term? And, yeah, what strategies... Mm -hmm to put in place for Yeah,
2: them. it's really different for all the kids. Like I've got some that are so independent and are so happy to just kinda I had this little girl send me this <laughs> thing the other day saying, because I'm getting through my schoolwork so fast because she's not waiting for everybody else and so she's just going away at her own pace, She said, Now I'm doing all these other things and she said I'm learning Spanish from my brother and I'm walking the dog for times a day, and I'm doing all this artwork, and I'm doing Easter baking. And she just sent me this whole list of extra things that she's doing, <laughs> yeah, and it's that's just great. like it blew my mind. So, so for um, kids like that, I feel like you know she's almost going to thrive. And yes. I've got some kids that really learn it; they learn quickly and are sort of, I guess, held up in a classroom setting, yeah. waiting for the other twenty nine to be doing the right thing, and you know all that kind of stuff. So, there's some that I think will just like yeah love it and will probably almost feel like the brakes have been pumped on a little bit when they come back to school because there are those interruptions in the day mm. um that they might not have at home but then yeah certainly for others i think they need the structure of school and i think the ones who have say a larger family with lots of children in different age groups um i think they're having a bit of a hard time as well and then definitely on loneliness I had an email from one of my little boys the other day saying um can I email you when I'm feeling sad and I miss school so much and a lot of them miss school which is yeah so so nice and I kind of didn't expect that because when we first started talking about it at school you know this might happen and I honestly didn't know if it would but it it, it, did that we'd be learning from home but when we started talking about it at school a lot of them were like yes that'll be so cool and you know they were they weren't feeling very negative about it but definitely I think when the reality sunk in and, and I think for the kids as well, the main thing that um, upsets them is kind of the disruptions to everything that they love, like, you know, sports being cancelled. Yes. You know, the drama groups being cancelled, the music lessons, you know, like all those little things in their yeah. week that they probably just took for a given mm. and I think that's, that's really hard and even with the handful of kids that we've had, still at school up until the end of last week when they announced um, the playgrounds would also be closed and even the playgrounds at school um, and we had to tell the kids that and mm-hmm. one, one of our little boys in year four goes, this has gone too far now, it's too far <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, you know, just little things like that. I think for them, because as adults we can understand why that needs to happen yeah. and not take it too personally but I think for the little ones it's really hard well, yeah, probably their whole week. It's yes. quite unstructured now. So yes. yeah, I think that,
1: that would
2: be a tricky
1: one. And it hasn't, it hasn't been gradual really. It's been from one extreme, probably of a lot of kids being overscheduled, to mm. the absolute opposite of there is now no extracurricular activities at all, and you mm. are at home twenty four seven, and you have to make your own fun you have to learn to entertain yourself and so i guess some good skills will come out of that but it has been from one extreme to the other almost overnight
2: definitely yeah especially because i guess yeah what we're facing is is so invisible you know you can't see right. uh yeah they, they can't see the immediate effects i guess so for them it's kind of like yeah it must feel very strange
1: so That's some great tips there for online learning. I'm so glad you were able to share some of those. Um, Yeah, no problem. Yeah, but I thought let's – how about we – how about I get you to share, seeing as you've been on these excursions um, (laughs) to the East Coast, can you Mm -hmm. tell – Tell us just in a nutshell what your itinerary includes, the different you know, it's a multi city itinerary. Mm-hmm. So have a listen to this guys and um and see how brave this teacher is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so our tour was going to change this
2: year, um, obviously before I got yeah. cancelled. So I'll talk from the previous year. So I've yeah. been four times. Um so for the last four years we've gone to we fly initially to Canberra and we spend four nights staying in Canberra and we do all the big ones like Parliament House, War Memorial, Crestacone, and then also within those, on the fourth day we drive from Canberra down to the snow at Perisher or last year we went to Mount Selwyn um, and we have a day at the snow to and then we actually drive back to Canberra so that's quite a big day of driving back to Canberra for that night and then the following morning on the fifth day is always our big driving day and we drive from Canberra to Ballarat, uh, in Victoria, and that's about 10 hours kind uh-huh. of in uh, total driving that day. Yep. Um, and then we arrive at Ballarat and we actually stay at Sovereign Hill um, for two nights. And the second night we do, well, we go to Sovereign Hill the main, the main thing the following day on the sixth, sixth day. And then we do a big night show at Sovereign Hill as well. And then the following day we drive into Melbourne itself and we just sort of spend the uh, middle part of the day in Melbourne. We do what's um, called the Sky Deck and have a little walk around the city and go to a big park and have lunch. And then on that afternoon we actually fly to Hobart. Um, so we go on a little plane and we're in the air for 50 minutes and we're back down and and it's not until we get to Tasmania we do feel so very far away. I have to admit when I get there, I kind of go, oh, my gosh, I'm a really <laughs> long way away from home all this And then, um, yeah, then we fly into Hobart and we stay probably half an hour out of Hobart, I think in a town called Rosetta yeah. on the river. And, um, yeah, we're in Hobart for three three nights. And that almost always – and then, yeah, we go to went to that beautiful Tahun Airwalk, which sadly burnt down after we could go to last And we got Mount Wellington, and we do a Hobart walking tour, um, all sorts. And then we, yeah, fly home. Always the last few years, it's been on the Saturday because we go to Salamanca Market
1: um, on
2: the Saturday morning, and then fly home. So yeah, we generally in the past we've left on Wednesday uh, in the afternoon, and we go for around eleven days, and then yeah, come home on the Saturday. Saturday night, and then to fly home, we fly home from
1: Hobart to Melbourne
2: and then Melbourne to home. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs>
1: wow. And this is with Year 6 children.
2: Yes, yes. with Yeah, our Year 6 little babies. So they're not, yeah, they're very little, and I am constantly amazed by them because when I was in Year 7, I did, you know, a three-day camp an hour away from home my dad came and I still cried the whole time so <laughs> I don't know how these little guys do it you know 11 days 10 nights away from home and that yeah they're, they're quite amazing yeah. yeah it's kind of every time I tell someone they're like wait you do what you take yeah. the red it's like yeah so this year it was going to change slightly um we were going to cut out Tasmania this year and um Go to Phillip Island instead yes. for something different. Um, just to kind of shorten the trip by a couple of days. Uh, we just do a parent survey each year, and just just on feedback, we're just trying to yeah, yeah. please our current current cohort. So yes. yeah, no, it's it's a very busy trip, but doing it so many times, it kind of feels like. I just, yeah, I've got my head around it a little bit. And, you know, for sure the places in Canberra, it's like, yep, I remember this. And the same people are working there and a <laughs> yes. year later and things like that. So, yeah. no, it's great. And you guys do such a great job of, of planning it. Our itinerary is always, you know, to the letter. It's so, so organized. And oh, the kids good. love that as well because they love to know what's coming up and all that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's like, um, you had one job. That's right. <laughs> so that's <Yeah>. us. <laughs> we have that one job. <laughs> so the itinerary's got to be right because that's our one job. Oh, and you're looking at oh, no. taking
0: um, this year's cohort next year. You're considering it, aren't you? Is that right? So
2: this year's cohort taking and them in next, next year? year.
0: Are you looking at that? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That's what we're hoping to do. Um, just sort of opening it up and just saying as an option if they'd like to go yeah. uh, with next year's group and just take a larger group. Um, but we're also just hoping to do like a, a little camp just down in Albany, in WA. Ah, um, great idea! But We've got that planned for term four, so yes. we'll, we'll see if that's possible. But yeah, the kids were were pretty disappointed. Oh, they would um, have been. Mm. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's just the way just the way it is. It and, is
1: yeah yeah. None and, of us could have planned for it, and I guess for a lot of those uh, students, they would have watched an older sibling. Go on this trip and have been looking forward to it for so long. Mm-hmm. So I can understand the disappointment for them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think about three quarters of my class. I've had an older brother or sister of theirs. So yeah. it's kind of like a ride of passage at our school. They really yes. just count down to it and they get the special backpack and it's a, it's a whole thing. So yeah. yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it's just different this year. And yeah, if they go next year, it'll be it'll be just as good for them.
1: Yes. Yes, it will be. So, do you notice a difference in the children when they come home and they've been away for that ten or eleven days? Um, mm. You were saying about you know their resilience and and all of those things. Can you notice mm. a difference in the classroom? Have they become you know a little more grown up or a little more independent? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I think so. Definitely. I think they have to be a little bit more responsible and. Yeah, certainly independent and resilient, and I also do notice that they can kind of tolerate each other a little bit better as well. they've had to spend, you know, plane flights with someone they don't might not want to sit next to, but it's just the way it goes and share a room with someone, and you know, kind of go through that experience like a very emotional, I guess, kind of experience with each other. So it's really good because it kind of solidifies them. I guess, moving on into uh, high school because we have a, a secondary campus at our school, so right. they, they go off to high school together as well. So yeah. I think that's really nice for them. And I do notice a difference with that, um, with unfortunately some of the children that can't go. Each year we have a, just a handful yeah. that don't go for various reasons. You know, yeah. sometimes it's financial, sometimes it's, they don't want to be separated from mum and dad yeah. for that long. Yeah. Um, and I do notice a difference sort of they, when we come, back I always am mindful of like they do feel a little bit on the outer of those kids. Yes. Um, but yes, yeah, certainly responsibility-wise, you know, some of them, I had a girl I think three years ago, she got up on the first one, she had beautiful long hair like right down her back and she <laughs> she got up in the morning and she said to me, I need you to, I need you to braid my hair. I was like, I'm not going to braid your hair. <laughs> and I said, I'll put it in a ponytail. And she's like, oh, but mum always braids it. And I was like, I know. And then I said, "Just, just try putting it up for me." And then she came to breakfast, and she'd never actually tied her own hair up before. So oh, wow. <laughs> one of those things that was like, "Oh my gosh," you know. So going through that experience, she had to do it. Yeah. And as well, we right. they get a little budget of money, and they take money with them, and they can buy souvenirs and presents or lollies or whatever they want, kind of things. So they also often learn a little bit about the value of a dollar. <laughs> well, yes. Or, What's worth spending their money on and what's not, and that's right. all that kind of thing. So that's that's really good as well. And I think just having to um, act appropriately in busy environments and like kind of official environments with lots of yes. people. And certainly when we go to like the war memorial in Canberra and we stay for the last post ceremonies and they often like give well they give us a wreath to present on behalf of the school and the kids all stand like um, on the edge of the water there, and that's like you know something that we talked to them about a long time before.
1: Mm.
2: And you know, for some of them, they might never get an experience like that, where they really have to show like that that huge level of respect, and you yes. know, be really conscious of how they're acting, and yeah, yeah. all those kind of things. And I, yeah, just functioning in a busy place and being given trust, like you can walk around by yourself, but you've got to meet us here, and all that kind of thing. That yeah is quite overwhelming and terrifying for teachers (laughs) but (laughs) it's it's great for them because they yeah they need to do it and like even little things like spatial awareness you know they just roam around and bump into everything and then by the end of the trip they kind of understand you know how to give others space in a big environment and you know to be respectful and to look out for others so
1: yeah it's really nice that is amazing there's so much more isn't there like under the surface or behind mm-hmm. the scenes in the excursion, apart from the actual itinerary and the and the learning opportunities, there's so many yeah. life, life skills and um, and personal growth opportunities for each mm-hmm. student. I was laughing when you were saying um, on the Tasmanian part of the the itinerary, going to mm-hmm. Salamanca markets on the last morning, and I'm thinking yes. to myself, I wonder how many students have any money left. <laughs> Bye oh, on that I know, last I know.
2: And that's like the draw card. We sort of tell them like these markets are amazing, like you need to save your money for them. And yeah. Yeah, there's always a few sour ones who just kind of roam around and have nothing left to spend. For the yes. <laughs> 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 and then some of them have even left after that and they get, you know, some takeaway food at the airport before we fly home and they're extra happy with themselves. <laughs> uh, that's so <laughs> But we always seem to have parents phoning and saying, can you give my child $20 and I'll pay back? And I feel bad for them. But the, the child's ringing them and saying, I don't have any money. I've and, run out of
1: money.
2: So yes, yes, exactly. So That you know, is so fun.
1: funny. So you know ahead of time that you've got to take a spare little, um, you know, petty cash tin. <laughs>
2: yes, oh, exactly. Yeah, a couple of spare notes is always good. And some parents even hide extra money in their luggage you know kind of as a backup so that then they so tell funny. us if they run out they can get that but if they don't need that don't give it
1: to don't, them. don't, that, don't that, tell that's them it's clever <laughs> that's really <laughs> funny so georgia i'm just wondering i know we sprung this on you very last <laughs> minute <laughs> whether you've got a little fun fact or piece of trivia or something to teach us, mm-hmm. but I'm warning you, it's a lot time since <laughs> Nothing we've too been hard been school. <laughs> Don't show us up now. <laughs> uh, okay, so I was thinking... Oh, we just lost you for a minute. Are you there? Oh, uh, yeah. Great.
2: Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was thinking about this yesterday and I thought probably just a basic one, but one that saves me a lot and one I always teach my kids because at the moment, it's on timetable, so at the moment we're really... Going hard with our table. and Uh-oh. so this is this is a trick. This is a trick with the nines. I know so it. You know
1: oh, it. I know Shush. it. <laughs> I don't know it. You can teach me. Yeah, carry on. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> so if you put both your hands out in front of you, sort of palms away from you, yes,
2: um, and then, so this works for your nines from like one times nine right up to nine times nine. Yep. So say if the uh, question was three times nine you would put down your third finger, which is like the middle finger on your left hand. And then once you put that finger down, you've got two on one side and seven on the other side of the down finger. So three times nine is 27. And then, this is kind of hard to explain over the phone, but then if you try another one, so put all your fingers out again, and then you say, okay, what if it was nine times six? So you put down your sixth finger, which is your thumb on your right hand, And then you've got five on one side, which is like the 50, and four on the other side of the thumb, which is 54. Uh, uh. So that works for all of your nines. So when I learned that, I was like, yes, because sometimes the nines can stump you a little bit and the kids, yeah, I try to teach the kids every year and then I see them doing it under their desk. And
0: uh, yeah, just another way to get the get the memory happening with the times table. That's clever. <laughs> I have to confess, that's not what I thought you were going to say.
1: <laughs> well, that's really good that you did the second example because I got the 54. I I don't know if I did the wrong finger on the first example, but I I couldn't quite get what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah, just keep practicing. Any of them will work. I will. Yeah, it does save me. Julie can That's test clever. me on it afterwards because <laughs> I, I'm someone who I have to repeat things a hundred times. For is that is that called learning by rote? I've always thought I have to learn by rote. I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, mm. yeah, just like saying it over and over again. Yes, yes. and yes. I knew all
0: of the um, nine times tables, like um, nine threes are twenty-seven, and two and seven add up to nine, and. <gasps> Nine fours are thirty-six, oh. and three and six add up to nine. And if you actually draw the timetable and have it down, so you've got um. Now I have to think in my head. What is it? Nine eighteen, um, and then you go down to the twos, twenty-seven. So one two, and if you go down that whole line of what they all equal, it's the next consecutive number down on one side and counts back on the other. Oh. So, yeah, oh yeah. that must be why the finger trick works
1: then. Probably. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. Oh. Hey, I can do my 10 times table. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Georgia, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been lovely actually meeting you on our podcast. Yes, Yes. yes. you too. Yes, congratulations with the new podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We are so out of our comfort zone. It's not funny. But anyway, (laughs) we're just making it up as we go along. Um, Yes. And we'll look forward to... um, helping your students to enjoy that mm-hmm. eastern states tour next year and hopefully this year's year 6 do get to come along and join in um, yes, yeah definitely yeah. no thank you so much and thank you for
2: all the all
1: the work you do it definitely wouldn't happen
2: happen without you guys and that very precise itinerary yeah. and organization
1: oh that's great <laughs> that's really good feedback yeah. thank you yeah no right. problem will you take all right care I'll and hope- stay well yes you too have a good day you too bye bye Bye, georgia bye well you know what that's it for another podcast from us thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed today's podcast please leave a review and tell us what um, you'd like to hear more of or what we can do better we'll see you next time have a good week